Hello and welcome along once again to the Irish Rally Podcast, once again in association with Tree Rock Display Signage Brandon. We thank them for their continued support throughout the uh, Irish uh, Tarmac Championship. Uh, we are here to uh, preview the Core 20 Rally and we'll delve into that in a few minutes time. We'll be chatting to Kevin O'Reardon, the COC. Uh, and a little bit later on, we're going to take a different route because the uh, High Performance Director of the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy, Alan Heary, is going to join us and give us some tips and pointers for uh, drivers and co-drivers in, I suppose... Uh, different pressure situations, but weather in recent times proven to be very difficult among competitors, uh, both north and south, uh, in terms of just trying to deal with those challenges and different, uh, I suppose, nuances and stuff. And having been all around the world uh, with uh, different sports people, not just in rallying, and a better man place to give a few uh, tips and pointers, perhaps, to uh, some competitors. Uh, I'm going to bring in the co-host first, Anthony Nestor. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Kevin. How are you doing, man? Flying it now, and uh, as you said, before we go into the car twin, we're going to turn our attention back to the down rally and talk a bit about the uh, 2022 Northern Ireland Rally Championship, the McGrady Insurance uh, Northern Ireland Rally Championship, to give it its proper title. Uh, two friends of the podcast from last year, Johnny Greer and Brian Crawford, are joining us once again. Johnny, I just want to say congratulations, first of all, another uh, Northern Irish uh, Championship, and uh, you were a happy man on Saturday. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Uh, hi, Anthony. How are you? Hi, guys. Um, how's Brian? How you going, Brian? Uh, uh, yeah, everything. Uh, enjoying yourself. It's. Uh, I tell you, yeah, Brian looks really... a lot younger on camera than he does in reality. You, he's a he's a young chap. <laughs> he's on he's on holiday, you see, so he's all relaxed now. Ah, right, that's it. <laughs> he looked. He looked. Uh, the things are mutual. The, the camera does nothing for you. I'm sorry. No, nothing. Sorry, not the story. There last Saturday, now around three o'clock, you looked at about twenty years older. <laughs> 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 uh yeah yeah i don't i i won't i won't go into too much detail about what they may that may or may not have been about but uh anyway johnny uh talk to us man like this was incredibly tight beforehand because i think there was four drivers perhaps in the mix and uh for various different reasons you know if if there was no i suppose uh rounds drop coming into it Derek McGarity was in contention heavily in contention uh and despite the fact that there was drop rounds he was also still heavily in contention as was uh, McGonagall and uh, McLaughlin. Uh, but it was yourself, I suppose, that had to really take the bull by the horns here. Even with the drop rounds and you being in a good position, you still had a lot of work to do. Uh, but you did it, and did it in some style. So uh, not not without a little scare, though, I believe, coming down the home stretch. Yeah, well, I sort of knew that we had to... The main objective was to finish the rally. That was the main sort of thing we had to do with the championship. But uh, it's always easier said than done. And uh, we did have a bit of an issue on... would have been trying to go what stage it was now. It would have been stage six. Um, nothing, probably a bit of a storm and a teacup, really, but just um, coming down on, on a narrow stretch of road, there was sort of two a bit of gravel pulled out between the first and second passes that obviously wasn't there on my first run and came in not expecting there to be gravel there and had to commit a wee bit earlier than I hoped and front left wheel took a bit of an impact. So sort of thought that would have been a puncher or something at that stage. But when your luck's in, your luck's in. You know, it's usually nine times out of ten, it would have been a straight down puncher, but the tire stayed up. So, so as you say, thanks to Pirelli and Speedline for that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything just, it was one of those days where everything went well and everything worked, and um, you get very few days I like got. So, I'm just really happy it happened when it did. Yeah, Brian, from your point of view, the rally itself, um, I know you're heavily involved. Deputy COC, I think, on the day. Uh, happy with how everything progressed? Yeah, we're getting we're getting good reports back, uh, Kevin. Everybody seems to be everybody seems to be fairly happy. Happy, or about ninety nine percent of people and the, the, the rally seem to be fairly happy. Um, 
we, we're very, very, very lucky to have, have Kai the Forklift on board as as, uh, as as sponsors. Very, very easy to work with. Obviously, the you know the connection there. Uh, Lisburn Castle Ray City Council. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, we couldn't have asked for any better. It just, it just, it just worked. Um, the only thing worked against us a wee bit was probably the weather, and and that made it difficult for some of the competitors. But look, it's it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I do have a lot of contacts in this rally world, but I, I just the 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 contact with the weather just was not working for me. It just it just didn't didn't didn't, didn't play ball with me. <laughs> It can often uh, not play ball with us, uh, <laughs> if fairness, playing all ball. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you if, if we go back to our, our previous chat, Ryan and, and Johnny, I suppose, which was probably Jesus, nearly twelve months ago. Uh, at this point, we're in a completely different world, and um, you know, I've not got the opportunity, I suppose, to, to chat to, to either you too much over the, over the past couple of months. But can you give us a synopsis of the championship as a whole and how competitive it's been? Obviously, we mentioned it was tight coming into the last round. Uh, but uh, yeah, it seems to have gauged uh, a lot of interest this year as always, and uh, in particular, as you say, the event at the weekend, which Adam Hall uh, and of RallyInsight.com declared as uh, possibly the new hidden gem. Yeah, I think the, the championship this year sort of had a strong season last year. You know, the championship being the sort of, as we talked about, being the first sort of the championship, the first championship in Ireland to start again. Um, and we had a good, strong season with a lot of competitors and a lot of competition. 2022 just carried that on and probably moved it up another step. And I think that uh, that made it interesting and, and good from our side. Obviously, from, from a competitor's side, it's always good to have good, strong entries and good numbers. And it it just seemed to go stronger and stronger as the year went on. You know, once we got back from the single, the short circuits, back on the roads again, and everything just kind of worked. I think it, it, it was good that we did sort of compress the calendar a little bit. Obviously, the championship's now finished, but it it compressed very five very good rallies into one neat championship. Mm-hmm. And from your own point of view, where does where does Johnny Greer go now? What's happening for the rest of the year? We can sort of chill out for the rest of the year now. I think yeah. it's uh, yeah, with uh, with a few ideas of what we want to do, but um, just pretty much just take a take a couple of weeks to to sort of relax a bit and then go from there and do a few rallies that we enjoy to do, you know, with a few, uh, we'd always like to get back on the gravel again after a while. So there's a few gravel rallies towards the end of the year we'll be looking at, things like that, but nothing's really in stone yet, but um, it's getting about that time of year again, where you start looking at the, the, the sort of the Killarney Historic and those sort of events where you want to go and do and things like that. So we'll just take a, take a couple of days, make a plan and, and go from there, but hopefully we'll get out and get, do a few more things before the end of the year. Anthony, these two lads are in a hurry, so I let you jump in there before I let them I go. Thought, I thought I thought it was a very telling thing as Johnny's dad. It showed the competitor involvement above on the down rally. When I see Davy Greer out, but I it looked like a tie wraps and he hanging banners and everyone just smoking in. It was the one thing I thought was very good about the event that I actually spoke to Brian after it. That the road book, the quality of it was just staggering. Like um, and. Without even asking, you could see there was competitor input all over it. Um, it was easily to read, extremely accurate. It was really, really good. Um, it's a lovely atmosphere when they brought it in around the, the city, uh, whereas the Aiken Centre in the past was nice. But when you bring an event into a town, it creates a different atmosphere. Um, yes, the weather was unkind on the day, but it certainly laid the groundwork for future because it seemed to run like clockwork. Everyone very courteous, no matter what you had, it wasn't a problem. Um, 
we arrived on, I wouldn't be overly familiar with the area. We met Jenny Fratter, the secretary. Actually, you've even a few fans up there, Kevin. I met a lady, um, Clauda McMurrow. She knew when I opened my mouth that I was on the podcast. She knew the voice, but not the face. And as it turned out, as the as the evening progressed, as the ride progressed, we were we had finished, and I was bringing a friend of mine there, Martin Brady. We were we were travelling back to Nace together that night, and I needed to get up a road which I actually didn't know was closed. And I met this young marshal at the blocking the road, and rightly so, telling me I couldn't go up there, and I was trying to use my gentle powers of persuasion to no effect. But it turned out. We had a grand chat afterwards, but it turned out he ended up being a brother to the girl. He was Stephen McMurray, your deadly job. Um, but so courteous, like, and, and, and Brian will know me a long time. I, I will try my best to get down that road, hell or high water. He was smiling at me, but I still wasn't getting down there. <laughs> you, you couldn't but compliment the guy. He was so, and I think there were, I think Brian said they were a professional company. It may not necessarily be linked to the club. But he, my God, whether he was so professional, he was smiling away to me, but it was still smiling with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it's just, I think, you know, in, in a lot of events, how, how you're treated, how helpful people are, um, the, the general atmosphere of the town and the, and the area, that all is part of it. And if that's all good, it lays great foundation. And, and it would be, it's like Johnny said, you know, he has a list of what's on the calendar for the rest of the year, events you like to go, and, and down is certainly an event I like to go to. It's, it's, it ticks all the boxes for me. Like, so. Brian, that's a fair endorsement now, because uh, you notice where this guy is, like. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah. Well, that's true. I suppose it's the one advantage of this podcast, and, and we're not shy from it. If the event is shy, we'll tell you. <laughs> let, you be under, let you be under no illusion. If it's bad, you'll know. Yeah, and if but it's no, good, it's, if it's good, it's, you'll know as well. Yeah. You know, you know, to be fair, you have to take your hat off to people. Like, there's mm -hmm. no point they making the effort and no one to say, "Yeah, well done, lads." It's it's such a small thing, and I think I saw it written. Actually, Brian might come in on this. I think I saw it written on a final instruction, advising competitors that if you meet a marshal beaten, just say two words, "Thank you." It's only a small thing. Maybe I'm mixing up the rallies, but I think it was on a, a competitor instruction for that event. But, uh, the timing was excellent up there as well. They did the the no hand, the hands off timing. Um, that we, you know, we used here during COVID, and unfortunately, we went back to the old system. And um, they used the hands off timing, and it's so efficient, like it's super efficient. And Johnny will testify to that. You just pull up, hold your time card out the window. Nobody touches you. They give you the thumbs up. The interest is locking on you. Go, brilliant, great day. Yeah, Brian, do you want to come in on that there just before I let you go? I think Brian's connection is... He's in shock that I get compliments. I don't get yeah. compliments. <laughs> <laughs> it must be, yeah. Listen, lads, I will I will let you go because I know you're under a bit of pressure. But Johnny, well done again. And thanks to you, Brian, for joining us here this evening, all right? Yeah, thanks very much. Don't thanks for having us. And uh, thanks for the kind word, Anthony. Appreciate it. Ah, no bother. It's, it's, all, it's all deserved. As I said, you know, if it's not deserved, we don't give it. But uh, yeah, to be fair. And you know yourself, if rang the clock, which you, you know as a competitor from the time you arrive out, bang, 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 you arrived on yeah. every stage and it rang the clock. No, I think it is. Yeah. It is good from from our side, obviously, of being involved in the rally and, and everything. But you know, I would sort of be a bit uh, a bit biased, maybe, obviously. But it's good to hear from from somebody else that uh, sees the way I do. And uh, yeah, I just I see, just I like see Brian. I see Brian waving and smiling. There, we'll wave and smile back. I think he's our service. I think yeah. he's. Uh, I think he's all sound, but no, no mic. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, no, I think I think it's yeah. good. The guys have done a, the guys done a fantastic job in the club, you know, for the rally and and uh, hats off to, to everybody. I mean, for for me to see what was going on behind the scenes and everything else, it's just the, the amount of effort putting in. As Anthony touched on, you know, we had a few people coming in new to the club, which took on the baton in the rally and, and really run with it. So, yeah, I think it's been it's been a great effort by everybody, and thanks very much to everyone that, that helped out. I said, you know who deserves one mention before I go is is Ian Porter. A lot of the younger guys won't know Ian Porter, but Ian Porter and me would have soldiered together back since God was a young boy, and Ian was a competitor liaison officer. But I went in to thank Jenny and Saf before I left, and here was Porter surrounded by young lads, 18, 20, 22, 20 years, and they're firing problems and fix this, can you fix that? And he was there and calm as ever, writing it down and taking it all in. But he's the calmest man you ever met, but does he get the job done quickly? Super efficient guy, like, but um, yeah, big shout out for young Porter. <laughs> there we go. Johnny, thanks a million. Mind yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. There we go. Johnny Greer and Brian Croft. We're going to bring in Kevin O'Reardon, who's also under a bit of time pressure. How are you doing, Kevin? How's things? Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Hey, Anthony. You're well. Are you, sleep- are you sleeping in the car again? Yeah, sure. I live in the car, boy. I live in the car. <laughs> Never out of it. That's the price of hotels at the moment, sir. How could you blame him? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just before yeah. we get into it there, Kevin, I'd just like to say a fair play to yourself and Anthony there for these podcasts. They're a fantastic uh, addition every week to the, the rally calendar. Something I look forward to every week. So fair play to you for the effort you put into it. Jesus, you don't listen to this rubbish every week, do you? Jesus, I have to listen to you every week, Anthony. <laughs> my life wouldn't be fulfilled without it. Jesus, I thought my mother was the—I thought was my poor mother was the only person who would ever say that. <laughs> God, I shouldn't write that down. Anyway, Kevin, how's um, how's things going on here? Because I know, like in terms of the club itself, over the last few weeks, two events obviously in 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 close proximity, which has you know presented oh. as challenges, but a lot of the same people have put the shoulder to the wheel and. Are absolutely delighted to do so, it seems, from the outside in. Yeah, it was um looked just the way the calendar fell this year, I suppose, that we had to we had two changes of dates for the two events. The moonwrecker was a temporary change, but um yeah, it put the club under a lot of pressure, to be fair, like running two major championship events within three weeks. And as you say, since the same people run both events really, we kind of split the resources somewhat in the lead up to the events, but at the end of the day, it's the same pool of people. And yeah, look, it, it was a fair challenge to get the two events up and running in the same in the same space of time really like but we're nearly there with it we're we're we moonraker went off successful anyway thanks be to god i was actually away for it but um yeah we're we're nearly there with the car 20 everything is in place really we're just having our final <clears throat> um meeting there now this evening we're all waiting inside the room here patiently for for me to come out but um yeah no everything is in place um a few small little bits and pieces printing here and there to do before before the weekend but I was speaking to all the stage commanders today and they're all happy that they've all their personnel, bales, marshals, still looking for a couple of marshals, but in general things are looking good like so. That's where we are. Yeah, I suppose to be fair, the only thing you were missing with all the competitors that I suppose last year, I remember when there was a lot of over many years saying that, you know, the, the, the cart 20 was too far out in the calendar and it was too late and I think I even heard the words saying that this was a game changer that competitors. I, yeah, I certainly it, it overheard was. it from somewhere. It's a game changer to move it to a bank holiday weekend. Yeah, and, it certainly um, was. Um, yeah, look, it's, I, it's interesting. It, it looked first day, I suppose. We just want to thank everyone who has entered the rally. In fairness, that look, we we still have some fantastic competitors and loyal competitors, and there's going to be some great battles out there for the weekend. But yeah, I suppose look, it, there's no point in saying anything else. We are a bit disappointed in the overall numbers, certainly. Um, 
we did put in for a day change last year. We didn't actually specify a bank holiday weekend, but the way the calendar worked out with the new shake-up, that's the way it came. And look, we did canvas people at the time and say, look, is this a good or a bad idea? And as you say, a lot of people reference being a game changer, but unfortunately it doesn't appear to be working out that way. And some people are saying it is the wrong weekend. You know, it is a holiday period. But as I said to a man earlier, if Donegal was running this weekend, would it be full? So I, I don't know. We, we don't understand it really. I suppose you you probably find it's a culmination of factors. I know certainly one of the factors that I just looked at very, very briefly and and is a bad indictment of the the, the hotel business in this country. Um, the price of accommodation in Cork City this weekend is is shocking, I think. It is. It is. It's, it's absolutely all, shocking. It's not just um, Cork City. It's shocking everywhere in the country at the moment. Yeah. Is, uh, I've even said it to some of the hotels that you know they're, they're pricing themselves out of the market. But yeah. interestingly, I compared it versus what would have been our traditional weekend. And the, the difference is minuscule, really. It's just the hotel industry now is making hay, I suppose, after the downtime. But if, if that's the reason, I don't know. I mean, certainly I'd love competitors to come out and tell me, look, is this or that or whatever, like, because... You can only make changes when you're aware of if there's a problem or whatever. Like, but look, that's not to take from the event that's coming up. We've we've 110 competitors still going to be starting the start line on Saturday morning. Top quality racing, great stages. The recce was on last weekend, and we've got nothing but positive feedback. Like, so this is look, it's looking good. We are we are disappointed in the overall numbers, but we are where we are. And, it is what it is, as the fellow says. Yeah, but. To be fair, it's, it's always run as a very good rally. And I'm not just saying that, as you know, but the you know the stages are excellent. The organisation is excellent. And it's just a pity the numbers. Actually, even if people wanted to anonymously put into our chat group there, just what they thought maybe is the reason for the lack of numbers this time. Because obviously you can't fix a problem until you figure out what it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, lot, we, every we... little bit of feedback would help. We've we've tried everything at this stage. Like I mean, the rally was always kind of said it suffered being the last round of the championship. So now we're the second last round of the championship. Mm. A lot of the championship battles are still open, and like the historics is wide open. There's a very good historic entry this weekend. The main championship is wide open. They're all down, but the modifieds, the, 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 that's quite open as well at the moment. But we don't seem to have a great modified entry for whatever reason, be it holidays or whatever. We we don't know. We'd certainly welcome any opinions, good or bad, as to why. We're not getting the numbers like but it's disappointing. Like, but look, I'm not going to harp on it. Look, it's still there's been a massive effort by the, the club to put the two rallies together, particularly in such a short space of time. And like mm-hmm. we, we try to raise the, as you know there, Anthony, we try to raise the bar in the, the documents and the organization every year. And I think we've done something similar this year. But you know, it's up to us now to put the show on for everyone and make sure that the rally runs safe and everything. And of course, to make it run safe, we need marshals and I know our chief marshal there has been working tirelessly on the phone for weeks and he's fairness he, he gave me an update earlier and he's doing well but we'll always require more marshals so i would appeal to anyone who is out there that may be in, interested in doing a day or even two days marshalling to try and come out and help it like because that's i mean we can't run the stages without the marshals obviously so i would appeal to any marshal that can do it and and we are conscious look it, it's tough times with fuel and all that so to be fair to our, our um, chief marshal, he's got this incentive, got it sponsored by a local company, whereby there'll be four fifty or fuel vouchers handed out at every stage. So that we'll take the sign-on sheet, and there'll be a draw for four marshals, and four marshals in every stage will get a fifty or a fuel voucher. 
it's something small. We'd love to have more of it. But it's just a small thank you to Marshalls that, you know, they give up their weekends to come out and do this voluntary, like, so we would appeal to Marshalls to, to try and help us if you can, like, so. Nice gesture, actually. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, look, uh, if anyone wants to say it publicly on our Facebook or our YouTube streams where we're live at the moment, they, they can work out that as well. Um, like, you've left no stone on turn in fairness. You know, as you said, the championship battle is quite close across uh, the various classes. It's something that I was actually going to say to you there, you know, and um, in fairness, I, I would say just from a general observation that it's an obvious combination of everything that's going on that everyone is suffering from, like with, with what's going on in the world, with prices of electricity, with everything. It's got to have a factor. I actually did speak to, to one competitor uh, who I won't name on the show, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't like that, uh, who said it was just down to cost. Couldn't afford to go down uh, and afford for the crew to go down and to, to go and, 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 and compete as well, you know. Mm, so, mm. unfortunately, this has all happened, I suppose, and come to a head in the last couple of months in particular. And I would say that's probably one of the big reasons that, unfortunately, it's fallen foul, you know. Because yeah. if you go back to, like, last year when, when the event ran and the grow and the entries and everything at the earlier part of the year, obviously that's going to probably burn out a little bit at some stage. And I think we might have thought, mistakenly, that this was going to carry on and keep going and upward curve. But, like... Yeah, yeah. The money, the money stops somewhere eventually, like you know what I mean. So ah, uh, yeah, look, we're to conscious of that too. Like, yeah, we're conscious of that. And like one thing we've we've done this year, which might be the way forward if we are to stay in this state, is um, we've we were never able to do it before, but we've got access to the university college accommodation, and I was able to offer competitors very very cheap accommodation in top quality apartments, and we kind of just threw it out there because we had spare capacity and. My my, I put it out in Sport Titty one morning, and my phone lit up with requests. And I think I'm housing about seventy competitors in there now. At I won't say the rate online, but you can ask any competitors for nothing. Like so, maybe that's the way forward. You know, they were all delighted with it. So hopefully that will work out fine. It's a really good. Mm. Show is, is very central that accommodation. It really is. It's oh, it's, it's in the city centre. Like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, that's very good. It'll be interesting to see how it works out now. Like, but certainly I I had a big take up from competitors on that. Like so, it's. A fraction of the cost of staying in hotels, like so. Hopefully, that'll work out. So, I presume, I presume, if someone even gets a notion tonight, that we'll go to the car 20. I presume if they arrived on with a check, they can go <laughs> Bitcoin, anything at all. We'll take it, anything at all. Bitcoin, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin. Just very quickly before I let you go, uh, a synopsis of where things are based out of, and all this information is on Sporty and it's all over the gaff. But people might yeah. just be listening or, yeah. or viewing, I might just want to know straight up. So, very quickly before we let you off. Where things are happening, basically, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, the server, the HQ is in the Radisson, obviously, a little island. The service park is down in the Cork Marks and Ratcormac, which is a fantastic facility. You probably know it, like it's world class. Like, um, and then the stages on the Saturday, we have it's actually the same route as last year. Everyone liked the route, so we kept it the same. So it's three stages done three times on the east of Ratcormac. Lovely stages, nice, beautiful surface, and everything. And then on Sunday purely to make recce easier and everything we compacted that we normally have a three-stage loop over there and we compacted it into two stages so we've two stages on three times so 15 stages overall during the course of two days about 231 kilometers of stages and it's very very easy to recce there was one competitor did recce now last week and he told me he did two passes to the recce in one day and he was way up the road he reckons was the easiest rally he ever recce so it's very competitor friendly that way like so It'll be, it'll be a good battle now. Like there's obviously the the top boys there are they're, they're all down to battle it out for the main championship before the Ulster. And as I said, the historic is a great entry. Like so, 
that'll be great and look hopefully we might get a bit of good weather as well like so mm-hmm. we're looking forward to it yeah well the very best luck heaven and i'll let you yeah. off to the meeting thanks i would lo- i just before i go i just say yeah. i'd just like to thank our own sponsors obviously look to your O'Connell group the two lads are both competitors and they're out this weekend competing as well in the rally so we'd like to thank them and then we have associate sponsors in the radisson and a signs through neil feeling who we all know and like neil is a great supporter of irish rallying he puts an awful lot into the sport so I would encourage, encourage anyone who can avail of these people's services to do so because without these people's support, we, we can't rally like so. so that's good that I'd say. Good shout. Good shout. All right, then. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, okay. best of luck. So, Anthony, um, before we bring in uh, Alan Heary in a few minutes' time, uh, I want to read out a comment that uh, came into uh, our Facebook page on, on Messenger last week. So, it goes as follows. Hi, Kevin. After the tips, going for us of a question and suggestion, to put to Mr. Nestor, who we won't mention oh, got Jesus, called out Mr. at a driver's Mr. briefing. Wait, no, wait for this. Who we won't All mention right. got called out at a driver's briefing for being I late. thought you weren't going to mention it, but... Uh, ah, well, you know what? Take it. Uh, he, yeah, go he, on, yeah. Uh, he didn't say I couldn't mention it, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> any chance of the podcast sponsoring him and Laurent Locke for being late for the driver's briefing? Uh, oh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll discard that for one moment. He said, class rally, we lost three stages running towards the back of the field which caused significant delays. When a stage is lost, crews must still pull down the entrance road of the stage, clock in the time control, proceed to 500-ish metres to the stage start, get a start time and then turn and go back the way we came and follow the alternative book to the next. What we faced was 20 to 30 cars queuing to get into the control, then to start on narrow country roads with competitors ahead coming back at us and barely squeezing by. Twice it took around 30 minutes to cover this kilometre, with the stage having long since been cancelled, so it wasn't as if it was startling delays waiting on blockages. This one kilometre of squeezing along, stop-start is frustrating, harsh on the clutch, and hard on keeping cars cool. What if, when a stage was cancelled, the time control <coughs> and stage start came out to the head of the entrance road and crews would get their timing duties done without having to enter the access road and be along to the next stage with no fuss? Uh, not really focused on having this right out in the podcast, but just worth sending on to Mr. Nestor. He knows far more than us, and no idea is a bad idea. You never know. Cheers, and keep trucking with this podcast. Great entertainment. Uh, and thanks a million to uh, our uh, texter for sending that in. Um, he didn't give me permission to put his name out there, so I, I won't do it just in case. But very, very interesting, I thought. Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing that's interesting is the fact that he thinks I know stuff. Like, like How does he know that I don't make it up? Right. We'll worry about the driver's briefing. Come back to that. I might come back we'll to that. We'll get you that. in Lark. Yeah. I fucking hate it. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. I wouldn't go at him anyway. Um, I, he's dead right. Okay. It's all down to a couple of things. It's down to stage selection by the organizers that they don't select the stage with an, a wide enough access road because they, for the most part, they don't factor in that happening and the logistical issues are turning everybody around. The same happened in Donegal this year in Atlantic Drive. Um, but um, the road was much wider. And what they did there was, obviously, you had to clock into your control. You, you have to get a time to leave the start line so you could work out your road time to go to the next stage. He's right in what he says. I don't know do the rules actually allow you to move the control. And then if a person misses it, which they shouldn't, well, they could always argue the point, well, it wasn't where it says on the road book. Common sense will tell you what he's saying is right. And 
if I were doing the job, would I go down to the main road and turn them there? Yeah, probably, if I could. Mm-hmm. He's right. The worry I would have it. I put it to this way. If I had an issue or I was broke down on the way to that stage or I was trying to get around the rules for being late, I would put up the argument, well, I went to where the control book says, on my road book, and the control wasn't there. So you can't penalize me for not being there because I was there. Mm. It's only, you know, I'm only peeling straws. The common sense approach is, is what he said. I think if organizers, and I'll come to this in a minute now before someone shoots me for giving out about organizers, if organizers factored in on a start line, even if you have to do like Atlantic Drive for you to drive three or 400 meters to a wide area. So in other words, when you left the stage, start go 100 meters, then do your U-turn and then come back. Um, or have it factored in, put it into your event planning that if this stage gets cancelled, how what's the, the easiest way to turn everybody around? Um, yeah, it's just as simple as that really. But now the downside then for the organizers is they would only think of that if a competitor told them. And competitors, for the most part, don't go to club meetings. So, of course, they can't advise the clubs, and the clubs don't do it. But then, of course, the other flip side of that kind is you have some clubs that don't want the competitors. They want to do their own thing anyway. So mm-hmm. I have no answer for it. He's, but he's yeah. right in what he says. A common sense approach would be... And obviously, he couldn't just the person doing the start or doing uh, allocating the time in the car can't just sit into the car and drive down to this road. They have to take it as a moving operation because remember, you have 20 or 30 cars already queued up at the start. So you have mm-hmm. to allocate them times. So all you'll be doing is allocating car one at a time and take 10 steps and allocate a car to time two and 10 steps. 15 minutes later, you may be below at the end of the road, but you'll have to be allocating times all the way down. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, running from midfield back, the risk of losing stages is always high. That's why you'll see in Ireland, even though some people says, oh, geez, bring back the single stage. Jesus, I wouldn't bring it back in a fit. I've seen single stage. If you look at that statistic on a single stage, you might get no run mm-hmm. if they get blockages. Um, yeah, it's a hard one to call. I feel for the guy. People pay the same money as car one, two, or 22, and they may get. I've seen mini stage rallies where there should be three stage or two stages three times, and they may not even yeah. get 50% of the events. So yeah. he's right in what he's saying, but I, 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 I don't I don't have a fix for it per se. Like, but that's the reason for it. You have to, maybe if they just kept an eye on the road, kept keep an eye, factor it in in the org, pre planning of the event, factor in if the stage is cancelled, where will we turn everybody? In the quickest mm. means possible. I think that might help. So all I'll say is legislation, common sense, and insurance. They're not the three best friends, and you won't see the three of them going for a pint together. That's all I'll say. It never happens. Uh, and no. that's understandable. I like that turn of phrase. That's a nice um, turn of phrase. Yeah. Before yeah. I bring in Alan Harry, who's backstage, I just want to get through uh, a few comments. Uh, Paul Morris says, Good evening, gents. He's looking on Facebook. Larry O'Shea, good friend of the podcast. Uh, on YouTube says, I think it's a combination of it being the bank holiday again. This is in reference to the part time rally, but also the time that goes into a two day rally for the competitor as well as cost. I'm sure anyone who did the event last year will be back. Tony O'Driscoll says, uh, on Facebook, championship should rotate every year. Whoever has the first round this year should be last round next year than every club. 
we'll have a first round. So, yeah, just some ideas that's coming into us uh, on Facebook and YouTube. Keep them coming, lads. Uh, the Twitter comments, um, they don't actually come into the little interface that I have going on here, unfortunately. Um, but uh, maybe in, in, a, in a conversation coming up uh, when Anthony's chatting to Alan here, I might have a quiet moment to check to see his ranting going on there. So let's bring in the aforementioned Mr. Alan Leary. How are you doing? Very welcome to the podcast. Lads, I can't believe I'm on. Thanks a million. I really appreciate the invite. It's great. Ah, no, great, great to have you on. We're, we're mad to delve into this route. And I know Anthony was touching base with Alan. You're a performance director with the MI Rally Academy, I believe. High performance director, I should say. And um, obviously uh, something that you're enjoying. Oh, absolutely loving it. I really am. Um, we've got some brilliant drivers. Uh, and obviously we're working with the co-drivers as well very closely. I and mean, we've got a brilliant backroom team, including uh, nutritionists like uh, Daniel Davey and Gemma uh, McGuinness. And you've got Kieran Conlon doing all the fitness and John Kine and Sean McHugh and even Andy Walsh, who you guys know, I'm sure, is, is in there with uh, Leo Nolte helping out with the social media and the communication. So we've got a great backroom team working with... Uh, uh, the drivers, including the likes of Josh and, and William and David Kelly and Aoife. And you, I know you've had Aoife on as well here before. And you've got Kyle. Um, and then you've got uh, Patrick O'Brien, obviously. And then the co-drivers, including Ronan. Uh, you've got Owen Tracy, Sarah, Lorcan Moore and uh, Grace O'Brien. So, yeah, that's that's basically who's involved. And it's it's going really well. We're delighted. No, I'm, 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 I'm smiling here to myself. I says, uh, Kevin is... Um... As you can see, is in a very professional boot for sound. And my, your background, you're in the fitness business and you have a bicycle and a few exercise things. And the only thing I'm looking at is a frying pan and my dinner. It doesn't equate <laughs> out to the, the strategic background you have. I've, I have two kinds of dog food on my left and, and a frying pan with a lunch getting ready to go shortly. Um, but the reason, anyway, to get back, uh, good to see you actually in the flesh. We spoke, as you know, earlier. And, and the reason for me, sourcing out and, and thanks to Sean McHugh because that's where I kind of headed um, uh, directed by um, oh can't think my, my image has gone blank but I'll come back to a second the, the what's the farm assistant Nina oh she's going to kill me don't matter um, <laughs> you, you'll think of it later on it'll pop Noel Horn it was Noel Horn there you go absolutely got to strangle me because I know her great guy we just, just her and I got chatting and I was saying I that I had witnessed down in uh, the Stone Trolls rally that there there was pe people getting physically sick, and there was other people that were having accidents. That I don't care what they said, they they that was out of character. That style of accident, it's like it's like they got brain fade for a second in some cases, or they forgot to break the press the brake pedal at the right time. It, it was mm. it was just accidents that just seemed. I, I was worrying concentration levels. Um, if you noticed, there was people being interviewed in that, and even they wouldn't stay in the car for the interview. They were jumping out of the car and they were pulling the suits off. And um, I says, "Yeah, we need to talk to these guys." And I was in down as well the weekend, and uh, obviously not to the same extent. It was raining up there, but it was extremely warm um, because we did um, a temperature check, as I was telling you, and it was over sixty degrees in the car there at one stage in uh, in Tipperary. And um, I says, "Yeah, we need to talk to these guys about what to drink." when to start because there was guys just walking around and they were just out of us they were just exhausted looking so yeah we're, we're not really used to the heat I, I i'm not a lover of the heat either i'm a bit of a penguin i like i prefer the cold but when it comes to the the heat uh, you're just talking about that we're at uh, in portugal i was over in portugal recently for the, the wrc over there and the heat was so hot in the car the paul nagel's shoes were actually melting in in the car um, sticking to the, the, the bottom of the car so 
you know, these guys have to travel for that. So when it comes to Ireland, we're certainly not used to it, but we can put strategies in place uh, that will help. And so there's three parts. So when we put together a strategy for the academy members uh, to deal with heat, there's three things. One, to acclimatize to it. So you have to kind of get used to it a little bit. And there are ways of getting used to heat. One is to use a sauna, but you can really only stay in there for 15 minutes. But the other way is actually to heat up your car. Uh, put the heater on in your car full blast for a couple of weeks just to kind of get you used to what it's like to be driving in that heat so that would be a second wow. way that was advised i mean you'll see the bike behind me my sport is actually cycling so um when i have to travel overseas like if i go to france and i'm going to do some events over there i'm riding indoors with the heater on just to get a feeling of what wow. that what that heat is like so that's the first thing is to actually learn to acclimatize to it a little bit but in ireland we don't tend to get huge like we don't get weeks of it so it, it kind of comes on so that that's one area the second part is the hydration and so a lot of guys think of hydration in terms of just drinking water but actually uh, we always recommend that you have some electrolytes in with that so something like a, a high five uh, electrolyte that you can put into your water and drink with that. So when you sweat, you're not just getting rid of water, you're actually getting rid of salt. And in fact, you'll probably, you might've noticed that some of the drivers and the co-drivers might have white on their, on their suits afterwards. And if they do, that's usually a sign that actually the salt's coming through. That's, that's, that's not a good sign. So uh, we lose a lot of salt uh, during the day. And so you, you have to kind of put a strategy together uh, for the hydration. So that's the second part. And in terms of the hydration, a lot of guys wait for the day and they say, okay, so on the day, it's going to be really hot. I'm going to take two liters of water with me and I'm going to drink it throughout the day. But actually, you should be doing that for about a week minimum leading up to the event. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. So you need to get used to taking in the liquids. And the other thing as well, of course, is if you're not used to drinking a lot of fluid, what happens when you get to race day and you suddenly start taking in uh, two to two and a half liters of water? Yeah, exactly. You're sitting in the car with your legs crossed going oh sweet god if i can just get through the stage and find a tree somewhere or, or a ditch somewhere i'll be happy so you have to kind of get your body used to being able to take in uh, that fluid and then sorry the third part is actually managing your core temperature which if people are getting feeling dizzy or sick or they're losing concentration uh, that can be a sign early signs of heat stroke coming on and so what we do to monitor or to, to help manage that core temperature is not just taking in fluid, but actually using things like ice packs. So, you know, having ice there where you can put it on your neck is a really good place to do it. Actually, under your armpits works really well. But uh, so, so some guys would say, well, if we get ice and we put it into the, to the bags, what happens if it melts? Well, you, you can actually get the chemical ones now. We just break open. You go into a yeah. pharmacy. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. You break it and you can put it on your chest, put it on your neck, and it's just to keep the core temperature uh, lower and so this is a whole strategy that w we would put in place and the thing about it as well is that you know I mentioned Portugal obviously because just with the, the heat over there so we have a strategy so if you've got the likes of Josh or, or William who's driving there uh, you'll have John Coyne and uh, say with Josh you've got John Coyne and you've got Sean who we mentioned and they will be watching out for the signs <clears throat> to make sure that there's enough ice uh, going with those guys and, and the fluids are there. But we don't need, you don't need to have an academy or, or a lot of people to do that. Your mates can remind you to drink or you write it out in a sheet of paper and you put it somewhere where it's going to remind you uh, 
to do it, even if it's only on the dashboard. Put something somewhere to remind you. And I think that's really just, important. Just for the, as the fellow said, the ordinary man, what yeah. what quantities should they be consuming? Uh, I'm only asking this even for myself. What, yeah, how no, much water? Uh, yeah, okay, that's a great question. And everybody's different. Okay, so the, the way that, uh, so for me, for example, I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm nearly sweating just with the lights on. Um, so for me, I sweat. I, I have that I have that effect on people. <laughs> no, it's the pressure. It's the pressure, Anthony, that's what it is. <laughs> but uh, so for me, I, I sweat at the drop of a hat, right? Other guys don't sweat as much. So you kind of have to, to get to know. But there's a couple of things you can do. The simplest way, it's not completely accurate but it's a really good way of knowing is look at your pee uh, basically step out of the car go for a pee and if it's lighting up the whole place that's not a good sign the more yellow uh, it becomes or the more brown it's, if it's if it's brown you're in trouble you're in deep trouble but even if it's really dark yellow um you're completely dehydrated and thirst is not a good way for you to suddenly go oh i'm thirsty i should start drinking now uh, because you're already dehydrated at that stage. So the easiest thing to do, monitor your pee uh, for color. If it's uh, anyway dark and yellow, uh, certainly take it in. But if you wanted to take it a bit more serious, you could actually weigh yourself uh, in the morning or before a stage and then weigh yourself afterwards. And so one of the things that we're doing with the drivers is getting them to wear heart rate monitors uh, to see what their heart rate is. So... Um, you know, we're now looking at heart rate. Who, who, do, you, who do you give the monitors to? Uh, I'll give you an example. So uh, Josh, for example, over in Portugal, he would have been wearing a heart rate monitor. And his heart rate in a car is the same as him doing a three-kilometer run fairly hard. So that's how hard it is on the body. The, um, reason, I, the reason I asked the question was, it's not, it's not the driver has the heart failure it's the fella sitting next to him <laughs> over a crest that he flattened six gear to go sweet jesus yeah to check his heart rate <laughs> but, but actually you, you bring up a valid point there as well so a lot of the time we talk about the drivers here all right and we start to talk about the co-drivers but equally the effects you know when you talk about concentration it's actually really important that the your engineers or your mechanics are drinking throughout the day and eating throughout the day. You know, we talk, we talk about fuel, like, okay, so I don't do rallying, right? But if I came to you and I said, right, I want to rally next week, and you gave me some advice, and I came out on the day and I said, I ran out of fuel halfway through the stage, you call me an idiot, like. And yet we do this with our bodies all the time. So a lot of the time in rallying, what we find is that there's a huge amount of focus on the car, rightly so, but equally, there's a brain inside that car and a body inside that car that has to drive it. So you have to fuel that body and that mind fairly well for the day as well. So that's why we look at it from a performance point of view. And so it's not just the driver, but the co-driver is really important and, and anybody who's, who's working with it. And that it doesn't matter whether you're on the international stage or you're, you're going to a, a local rally and you've got a couple of mates coming down to help you. It really doesn't matter. It's just the way that we, our mindset goes into it. You know, you can bring a pro-level mindset into anything. You don't need to be. I suppose even, even look at the, at the, we were saying about the quantities of water. I don't think we, did we clarify the quantity or can we? Is it possible if we said two litres a piece on the day of the recce, four litres a piece, two? Yeah, no, I'd be saying I'd be saying minimum two, and minimum uh, two. so I'd be saying a minimum two. Uh, having said that, if you find that you're sipping two liters of water throughout the day, and your pee is still not uh, clear, 
then you need to up it. That's kind of what we're saying. But I'm saying minimum two, but there are guys out there that would easily take in up to three litres um, within the day. So I would say a, a benchmark, a nice benchmark is two litres. But you need to get but used start, to drinking that. But start, start a couple of days in advance uh, or certainly uh, be on the recce, sipping it constantly, keeping it into you. You mentioned the electrolytes, which, to be fair, I've tried the electrolytes, and they're absolutely rotten. Horrible. I'd rather be drinking the pee that comes out and them bloody things. So is there any such thing as is there any such thing as yes. an electrolyte that's nice? Oh, there is. Yeah, well, there is, but you have to find them. So it's like anything. Yeah, you just got yeah, yeah. you got to do the taste. Try, try the now. You, you got to do the taste test. And actually, there's some yeah. you can get with uh, some caffeine in them as well. So yeah. depending on how I feel on the bike. Um, now, the other thing I can do is I don't like the taste of some of them. So I'll take a drop of orange my wadi and I'll put a drop yes. of orange my wadi in. So just to give it a, a wow, little bit of okay, a different taste. So I'll take, a, a, I'd say, a 500 uh, milliliter bottle. I'll have water in it. I'll have my electrolyte in it. And if mm -hmm. I feel that uh, I want to change the taste a little bit, I'll use a little bit of my wadi in on top of it. Another question, just as I have you on, uh, as I yeah. said, I, I, I've been dying to get someone like you on to ask these questions. One other question, and we, we came upon it in the down rally. Now, people would laugh at us, Stuart, bigger stuff and I, we would be um, loved uh, Harry Bo's Jelly Babies. Now, we have our own private little joke for the Harry Bo's Jelly Babies, but that's enough uh, for another day. But we have, we get such a sugar rush from them, and we can now, I suppose after whatever, 15 years together, I can know by looking at him, he needs a sugar fix and vice versa. And um, we were just asking around the weekend to different competitors, have you any little sucky sweet or, you know, something? And yeah, yeah. some people did, more people didn't. There was glucose sweets, uh, Ian Dixon kindly mm. given, chewing gum and we yeah. got fruit pastilles. We got lots of bits, but what, what would you recommend just for a little sugar rush? Harry Bow sounds amazing. Honestly, they, they work really well. Jellies. Jellies are quite yeah, good because well, you've yeah. just got you've got that rush of sugar. Uh, there's things that we use in endurance sports uh, because shots, uh, you can buy them in cycling shots. And again, they're a jelly, but they're a fairly high concentrate of uh, carbohydrate and sugar mixing it. But the jellies do work. But again, it's it, look, if you want to build your confidence coming into an event, if you want to be really confident on any event you're coming into, you know yourself, it's all about preparation and the planning. So therefore, it's looking and deciding what are you going to have to eat the day before? Because it's the day before that's going to give you the energy for the next day. And then on the day itself, you know, just making sure that you have breakfast. You might take in some carbohydrate. You might take a porridge if you like it. So you're going to do that. You're going to make sure that you're drinking throughout the day. Um, some of the guys, what they'll do is they'll take, uh, they'll have a bar, like an energy bar. And it's, uh, you can take those because they're easier to digest sometimes. And uh, others like the gels. So you can actually take a gel. You just rip the top off and, and squeeze a gel in. And it's a high-carbohydrate uh, fix. They're so, the caffeine gels, Alan, yeah? You, there, some of them are caffeine. Others, yeah. uh, you can get them with or without caffeine. So you can yeah. get them just as a carbohydrate uh, gel. No, that, that all sounds lovely. And got it, it to be fair. And I know, and I know you're right. Now, but speaking now, my equals, who likes the jumbo breakfast roll and the big mocha coffee. I take it that on the Ricky morning is a no. What I'm trying to say is, what would you recommend? Obviously, that, that ain't right, what I'm saying, of course. 
But after you answer that, Alan, I have a question for you, just kind of half based on what Anthony's saying as well. So go on ahead for us, Nancy. Yeah, what, what okay, so, so we're down to do the recce and we bring the driver out and we say, right, I come on, we go for the cup of coffee, the, the, the 11 o'clock coffee. What okay. could you start that? Scrambled egg, a couple of slices of toast. Or okay. you can, yeah, scrambled egg, a couple of slices of toast, or even a scrambled egg and a piece of bacon and a couple of slices of toast, uh, brown toast. Go, all yeah. good. Can you guilty put? No. So throw it, throw it together, make a sandwich of it. There's your, there's your breakfast roll right there. Um, so so you it's can, just egg, egg and toast or you that can, type Egg of and toast, toast or you, some people like porridge. Uh, you can mix porridge with, put a little bit of fruit in it um, and, uh, and mix it up and have it that way. So that'll kind of start the day. Um, during the day, then, you might decide you're going to bring something with you, like you're going to have, uh, whether it's a pasta, you know, like a pasta salad with uh, some tuna in it. So you're, you're constantly trying to take in a little bit of protein in terms of, Chickens, tunas, they're all good for giving you protein throughout the day. Anything in, uh, around you know, your pasta or a little bit of rice uh, is really good for giving you some energy through the day. So that's the type of thing you'd be doing. The other thing I'd say to you is just don't get hungry. So we know some people don't particularly like um, eating, especially if we're under pressure. So there are certain, we're actually looking and experimenting with liquid food rather than uh, just using solids all the time. So if you've got somebody that doesn't like taking in solid food, um, you can actually take in some liquid food um, in terms of, uh, you know, it's a high calorie mix. But it, but again, right, it all depends on what you want to get out of it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a particularly good cyclist, but I still take it fairly serious. I still like going out and taking my gels and doing what I would do with my professional cyclists because I work with many sports, including professional boxers, professional cycling. Um, so I still like taking it to that level. You don't need to take it to that level. It's just that if you want to, if you think, do you know what? I wouldn't mind experimenting with uh, the sports science a little bit, eating what they actually recommend and see how I feel after the rally. But the, the last little thing I'll say, sorry, Kevin, I know you won't ask me a question, but oh, the other thing, yeah. the, the last little thing I'm going to say on that as well is don't take anything at the rally that you have not previously taken. So the worst thing that could happen here this evening is that somebody will listen to me and go, oh, my God, okay, I'm going to start taking gels on the day. I'm going to start taking the, the wine gums or the, the jellies. I'm going to eat uh, the porridge in the morning I'm going to, and completely change everything they've done. That's the worst thing you can do because you don't know how your body's going to react to it. So that's why you start uh, trying those things out uh, before you even get there. So that would be my advice. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, it was kind of linked into what Anthony was saying. It's something that struck me previously. I can't think of what particular sport it was, but there was something that involved having a beverage the night before and mm. putting it, putting their success the following day down to having the beverage. And if they didn't have the beverage, then, you know, they didn't believe that they were going to perform well and tried without having the beverage. Obviously, you can hear alcohol. <laughs> um, and, but, but their psyche wouldn't allow them to go otherwise because that worked for them previously. So, like, what my question is basically is... It's a, an accumulation. I was actually going to say, having, I suppose, worked with sport teams previously, that you'd always be telling them not to do anything differently when it comes to maybe a high-pressure situation. Just keep doing the things you always do. Um, and Because that is not the day to experiment. But for someone of a kind of a rigid mind, I suppose, and I think one of the best examples we could give here, and I'm pretty sure I would be on the money with this, Anthony, would be Gary Kiernan, maybe, who would have the can of Red Bull and might smoke a cigarette in between a stage or something like that, right? Like... The, the actual balance of, of, of all that, I think, is very, very interesting. And knowing the individual, which you obviously do, you get to know the individual and then you give the advice based on that. And yeah. 
I can only imagine that that does differ from person to person. So I know I don't have a direct question in there, and I'm kind of talking no. at you as much. But you no, no, no. From. I, I see exactly where you're coming from, Kevin. So, so let me uh, break it down a little bit. Uh, number one, you're absolutely right. So one of our goals with the academy is to get to know each of the drivers and each of the co-drivers. Uh, so when the nutritionist works with them, they work based on what foods do you actually like. That's where it starts. The nutritionist doesn't go in and go, eat this. And it's one of the things that um, sometimes that's, that can be difficult to get across to people that uh, it takes time to actually develop. Um, we, we try not to give a, a one size fits all because that doesn't work. So it is down to the individual. So you, you're right on that. And the, the second thing uh, or, or the first thing you actually mentioned, which is if the guy doesn't have the beverage the night before, it affects his mindset. Well, I have two hats on this. Uh, one is I'm the high performance director, but actually I specialize in the mental fitness training. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're 100% right. But that's like the guys with the lucky T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always have a lucky T-shirt or they always put the left shoe on before the right and, and all of those things. But when it comes to your lucky T-shirt, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but uh, you're nearly better off born in it. And the reason why you're better off born in it is you, it, the T-shirt the is outside your control. And what I mean by it's outside your control is if you suddenly lose the T-shirt, then you go, oh, no, this is going to be bad. And what happens with somebody who's rigid about I have to take this beverage or I don't perform the next day is if they don't get the beverage, they talk themselves out of the performance. So by yeah. the time they actually arrive, they go, they, they arrive and they're two minutes late getting to the, the place or somebody stops them on the way in or they get a puncture on the way there and they go, I knew today was going to be a bad day. Yeah, and we and we do this, and and like we talk ourselves out of uh, our events and out of our performance before we even get to uh, the place. Sometimes, so for me, yeah. it's about process. It's it's control the controllables. What can you control going into mm -hmm. uh, the next event? And, and that's kind of you segue me nicely there, by the way, um, because the other question I had was in relation to another thing Anthony said about a co-driver and their heart rate. Right, so a co-driver mm. can't actually really control the direction of the car. Obviously, he's not driving the car. So would you feel, I suppose, having monitor co-drivers as well, is a lot of their root cause anxiety coming from the fact that they actually cannot really control what's happening in the car from a driving point of view, even though they have so much of an influence in terms of directing the driver? I think there, for me, where I look at this is the development of the team. So okay. the, the team is really important. So how much you actually trust the co-driver and how much does the co-driver trust the driver and that's built up over a little bit of time so that reduces the anxiety a little bit uh, the other thing is that um, if you get the co-driver who's really focused which they are on what they're doing uh, that's their level of control so they may not be controlling the drive but they're still doing something they still have uh, control over over what they're actually doing and so that can help uh, reduce the anxiety a little bit um so as far as i'm concerned they they have their own role and as long as they know you know what their role is and they're focused on that it does help with reducing the anxiety but it's it's all down to how much you trust each other and that's what we're yeah. looking at developing as well is how do we develop trust yeah uh, within here's, the team here's, here's another question for you just on mm. uh, Obviously, without mentioning brand names, energy drink or water? Energy drink or water? Hmm. I, I would say, uh, if you're talking energy as in a Red Bull 
Or if you're talking energy drink, as in... I, would, I couldn't mention a brand without mentioning okay, no, me, 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 the other me, 300. <laughs> me, <laughs> but yes, me, we're either. on the right track. There's a caveat with that question, though, Alan. And, so and you this... should really specify when, at what particular time, is it energy yeah, drink versus It's water. only when you mention Gary, and I know he won't mind us saying it, and, yeah. and he's not alone. You, if you're arriving up to the control, the amount... I will say we were all very environmentally friendly now. The, the amount of Red Bull cans you see in the dustbin at the start line... Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's an energy. So there's two types of energy drink that I see. The first yes. is the caffeine-based energy drink, which is what we actually mentioned there. And the second is the electrolyte, the likes of the other brands that has yes, all yes, the yes. little salts. So that's an electrolyte drink. Um, if you've only got water or you've got a choice for an electrolyte, you'd probably go with the electrolyte. With other ones, that's caffeine stimulant. You just have to be there. There's no doubt that caffeine improves our mental ability. It actually improves our concentration. There's no doubt about that. We know it can improve performance up to 10%, depending on how much you take and the type of individual you are. So I don't drink coffee. It's just I don't like the taste of it. I've never liked the taste of it as much as I've tried to drink the stupid thing. Because if you're a cyclist, you should be drinking coffee, right? It's the one thing, right? Um, but I don't like the taste of it. So I have to, I take caffeine sometimes either in a tab or in, in, in a gel and I'm wired because I don't drink coffee because I don't drink caffeine on a daily basis. So it kind of depends on the individual. If you've got somebody who drinks regular caffeine, you don't really get the same effect from a stimulant out of it as you would do if you really didn't, like if you reduce the amount of coffee that you're taking for a week, let's say, uh, coming into an event and you suddenly drink a coffee or uh, something with caffeine in it, that will actually give you a little bit of a, a boost. So that's but, how that so works. The advice is what works, whatever works for you. As I said, the, the whole aim sense. of this, the whole aim of this is uh, when you see guys being interviewed that are actually getting physically sick at the start and finish at the stages because of yeah. the heat, they didn't realize at the time, but you can see in reflection, that's exactly what it was. Um, yep. to just to try and mitigate against that going forward as i said look the climate in ireland is changing it's you know uh you can see that over the last couple of years and there's going to be more of these events which is very hot now certainly the modern cars aren't so bad in that normally you have one two you could have three roof mm. fence and you'll have a vent on the door but some of the cars uh, you know in the midfield or whatever they don't have all those little ties trying to blow cold air in your um, and so, you've got the exhaust then shifted over underneath the co-driver's seat. Yes, something we were doing today yeah, with the, the yeah. melted feet. I, I, even in the down rally the weekend, now, I, I remember saying to Stuart um, that, that the floor was getting really hot. I could feel it on my heels all day. Um, but, um, yeah, another thing that I, I would like to mention, I don't know whether Alan is, is, has um, any knowledge on this or whatever, but I noticed, and it was only in Clonmel, and I noticed it uh, because obviously it was exceptionally warm, the amount of guys using different types of race suits and maybe in some cases slightly older race suits and certainly older underwear brands and over i'm, I'm wrong to say they're wool they're obviously nomics but they're very heavy materials certainly when people when their suits or whatever are coming up for renewal i know i would be advising and if alan or someone can lend a bit of weight to this if i'm wrong please stop me i'd be saying start planning your next suit now as in, stick, think the lightweight, think like 250 grams per, per, per meter light. Yeah. Um, underwear light, there's, a, there's two or three brands out there at the minute. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to state the brand names, but there, there's two or three that do an ultralight. Now, there might only be 20 quid in the difference. Um, 
but the difference it made is certainly we were in Clonmel. Uh, we did our best. Owen and I the day, the day before, we drank loads of water. We have lightweight suits. We had lightweight stuff. Mm. Um, we didn't have an issue with the heat, and there was people really struggling. Yeah. So that's what kind of highlighted this to me: the suits and your clothing. Again, it's a mm. bit like preparation. No, we're not telling for us to go out and spend seven, eight, nine hundred euro on a suit tomorrow. But you know, when your suit expires or you feel that it's you've washed it enough for times that it's not flame yeah. retardant anymore keep that in mind that to get something a bit lighter anthony when i came into rally uh first so a couple of years ago when i came in um to, to look at this i was coming from other sports and so there's two things for me one is uh, i love coming into a, a sport like this where i'm going uh, I don't know as much about it as you guys. But the other thing is, I don't mind looking stupid. So I kept asking question after question, and some of them were related to the gear. Why, why do we use these shoes? What's the difference between what suit he's wearing and what suit they're wearing? Because in other sports like that, especially the endurance things like exciting, it's very important for us, the, the gear. So you're 100% right. The technology has been changing over the years. I would say definitely, and it's and it's okay. So it's a, a little bit of expense if you can afford it. It's worth doing if it's something that you enjoy doing and it makes you feel better uh, coming into it. Absolutely, go for it. So I would be looking at, uh, yeah, I'd be looking at every piece of technology, even as you say, the undergarment. The undergarment can make a, a big difference. So you can get some of the undergarments who, that will wick uh, the sweat. So you, they'll take the sweat away from the body uh, really quickly. Um, that's kind of what you're looking for as well, and then the suits. And, and obviously, you guys know far more about the different types of suits that are out there than I do. All I can tell you is that I would be looking to say, if I was changing tomorrow, what you know, what's the best suit? Because chances are it's going to last you a number of years anyway, and you know, um, it, it might be a good investment. So, yeah, I would be looking at the, the technology definitely. Alan, you've been brilliant with your time, but I have one more question for you. I present yeah. the uh, the Irish F1 show as well, and we quite, I suppose, quite regularly talk about Lewis Hamilton and Angela Cullen and the relationship between them two. And mm -hmm. I know um, we had, had a great debate among ourselves on the programme one evening about how much she actually does. And um, I suppose without getting into the party politics of it all, one of the lads thought maybe, you know, was it a little bit out of order to have her carrying all the stuff while he's floating around beside her on the scooter? And I won't think I won't mention the, the term that one of the lads used to, to describe that, but um, in general, I, I always think their relationship is, is quite uh, an interesting one, and how much yeah. he seems to rely on her. And then if you look at the results that he's had over such a long period of time, you know you think, well, why change it? But he does. He, he seems so so reliant on her, but she's obviously very good at what she does as well. Where, where do you see that relationship? I'd be just interested to hear your thoughts. Well, there's a couple of things, you know, when somebody else is carrying the gear and that, um, we have a saying, in, in, especially in the endurance uh, events, is if you can sit down, don't stand, and if you can lie down, don't sit. So it's all about recovery, and it's all about energy expenditure. What are you expending the energy on in the day? And that can range anything from what I have to think about. So think about it, if you wake up in the morning, you've got a full battery. As you do things during the day, the battery goes down. When you take a little bit of rest, it goes back up. It'll never go back up here. So things like carrying your own gear. Now, this is going to sound like lads are going off for God's sake, but um, <laughs> you've asked me on the highest level, okay? So let's talk about the highest level. Uh, generally speaking, if, if I'm working with a professional cyclist, let's take a different sport. 
So if we're working professional cyclists, they don't carry their bags to the room. We do that. They don't do the laundry. We do that. They don't fill their own bottles. We do that. You know, so this is what happens at that level. And so what happens, what needs to change sometimes is the mindset uh, when we come in. So when, when we suddenly go, we'll do that. We'll take that off. And that's going, oh, no, I, I like to carry my own. That's fine. But mm-hmm. I am looking at the energy expenditure uh, during the day. So. Uh, yeah, I think that relationship, it seems to work really well for them. Uh, why not? And uh, so, yeah, no, that would be uh, yeah. uh, my There was the, my high, the high performance level versus the human level. So when the boy said, if you were walking down the street and there was a lady beside you, <coughs> he was inundated with, with stuff like a, a rucksack or whatever and all, that you might go over and say, look, I'll, I'll take that off you there. And that's not to get into sexism or anything. It's just kind of a mannerly thing that we've come to know over a, lar- a large period of time um so people yeah, she, she might she right. might have easily sorry she might have easily turned around and said if you take this bag off me i'll break your arm like uh so you don't know what like that's yeah. just and and you know that's she takes the maybe she takes a role really serious and that's what she wants to do and this is how she sees part of a role and so yeah. that's that's how it is so you know that's that's just the way it is in sport. We all help one another out um, in this, and some you have to go again with what people like and what they don't like. Um, I'm thinking so. of the, the, the I'm thinking of our contributors before we came on tonight. Um, um, I was going to say Declan Crawford. Yeah, I keep mixing Brian up Crawford. Brian yeah. Crawford and Johnny Kevin O'Riordan from Kevin O'Riordan from uh, Cork. I must think the next time I'm competing there event when I arrive into the rally office. And I drop all my bags on the floor, and I just tell them, "Come here, I need job. I need, I need someone to carry them." And what I will do is, I'll bring Alan back this time next year, and we'll, I'll do a video shot of what actually happens next, a bit like the Joe Duffy show, because I can yeah, just that... imagine dropping white bags in front of either of them too. I'd be, I'd be, wa- I'd be wearing them as I left through the window. <laughs> I, I, I've got it. Yeah, let, let, let me reiterate this. All right, you have to do what works for you. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just when it comes to the when it comes to the high performance, we're looking at every small, tiny, little increment. What are the small changes that we can make in many different areas that will make the biggest difference? And it's all that to do with uh, energy. And so, um, you know, when like I've worked with uh, cyclists who've done say race across America, which is you know. Uh, 3,000 miles long and, and they come up at the start and they go so uh, what should I do about my GPS or my Garmin or my bags and I'm going your job right bike our job everything else so that's your job and so the the more you want to focus on the event and this is entirely up to people but you know your job drive car our job everything else and, and I'll, so I'll, I'll rephrase that for you because what I say to drivers is you steering wheel attended me everything else <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, here in Kilmallock, James Murphy, we 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 patented that phrase about twenty odd years ago. You steering wheel attendant, I love that. that. Don't get involved in anything else. That's all you do. Keep playing with that thing. Yeah. uh, Just a quick one as well for you. The night before a rally, we all we don't we all don't, but we tend to go for the steak when we're in the restaurant. We tend to go down to the Chinese and 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 fill up on that. Good or bad? I know we should be probably having pasta. eating a heavy steak the night before you compete it would be quite popular um yeah a lot of these things uh, i would have done for years as well the mindset's changing a little bit the science is changing a wee bit on it um eating it depends on how it affects you okay so if you're eating late in the evening and you go to bed and your body is still trying to digest it and you're not getting to sleep when you should then obviously that's a that's a bad decision uh, to make 
Um, yes, the, the pasta is fine. Yes, the steak, if it, if it works for you. Uh, but uh, you'll get some people who do what we call carbo-loading. They think at the last minute, if I can just bang all this carbohydrate into me the night before, I'll be fine. I'll have loads of energy tomorrow. It can work against you a little bit. So you, again, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm just saying it's individual, but it is in a sense. If I ate high, a lot of steak and a lot of pasta the night before, uh, late in the evening, I'd run into serious issues with my performance the next day. But I know that through years of doing it, <laughs> eating steak and uh, pasta the night before and getting up the next day going, I don't know, what's wrong with me? Uh, so uh, I'd say if it, if it feels right, that's okay. But we would generally tend to say the food should be taken in earlier um, if we can, smallest snack <clears throat> later on, keep the liquid coming in then uh, throughout the day. And uh, you're, you're better off in that way. That's what we'll be looking at. Good stuff. Very good. Alan, a pleasure. Really enjoyed that. That was interesting. For a chat, another point. Um, it on really goes your time. Well, no, no, no worries. Any time, lads, honestly. Any time, just give me a, a bell. And I, I, come no, on, no. If you have any appreciate, questions on anything. appreciate that. I appreciate you taking, taking the call from me yesterday. So, yeah. So. No, I appreciate what you guys are doing as well because I have listened to the podcast. I'm trying, you know, obviously, uh, listen to try and get as much information about rallying as possible. Where else to get it? Uh, you guys. So, fair play. Right. Thanks a million, Alan. Much All the best. Cheers, Thank you. Alan Harry. Really interesting. I know wow. you're, you're very interested in the nutritional side. The I, actual I mental fair. fitness side is, is very interesting from, from my point of view. You know, I, I, I think I, it's, I it's so relevant, so important. Yeah. No, I, I just, it bothered me just from a safety perspective. Um, that when you see people just exhausted and in the heat, and you'll be just trying to say, all right, okay, how can we fix this? Or what's, what, what action plan can you put in place to try and improve them? And in a lot of cases, uh, in these last two weeks, they didn't even know what was wrong with them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Look, if knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So, what do you say? Two litres of water each on the recce. Very simple, isn't it? Yeah. Look at minimum. The minimum. Look, That's look minimum. At the four litres. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, now you see, if you're a fuller man like me, when you look down, you may not be able to see anything like, you know, that's a grand for all the slim fellas. They can look down and I didn't, I didn't so. really want to say this now, but he was talking about lightweight this and lightweight that. And he said, well, yeah, lads inside in the car don't want to be lightweight too now. It would be an important factor. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's not throwing, that's not throwing, uh, I suppose, comments on anyone in particular. But there's a t-shirt sent down to you and I haven't seen you wearing it once. And uh, I know, sure I know it was. Sending me, send me down in medium now with some waste of time. Like. Give the people what they want, Anthony. Give the people what they want. Seeing you in a tight fit t-shirt like that, boy. I tell you, I can picture it now. Uh, anyway, just yeah. very quickly, come here. Before we finish up, I, I want to yes. just give a quick rundown on where things are in terms of uh, the Tarmac Championship. Uh, yeah. James Stafford, in terms of the modified, 44 points, uh, 36 to uh, Colin Byrne, both on the entry list for the weekend. Uh, the entry list itself, that's up on uh, on Facebook, on the uh, Monster Car Club, forward slash car 20 international rally. Uh, there has been a few withdrawals from that, just of note. From today, uh, Desi Henry, Gary <coughs> McHale, Gary Kiernan, Keith Lyons, Eugene Meegan, Marty Toner, Shane Quinn, Fergie Kelly, Aoife Raftery, uh, Darren Hayes and Aaron Doran pulling out in late entries. Dave Dunham, Barry McIntyre and the juniors. Uh, no one gone out of the historics, interestingly. And I do know uh, Brian Duggan of Rally.ie was in touch a little bit earlier as well uh, with a nice little graphic just giving us a little insight on, into where things are with, with drop rounds. So uh, Craig McWilliam on 46 points. Uh, Baron Richards on 41 uh, Luke McCarthy on 51, and uh, with the drop rounds, uh, obviously a lot of things kind of change and all that, and it's hard to keep up with, with everything, but uh, Morris Meskel on 50, uh, I was reading that the wrong way, sorry, I put, I put line one as the, as the lad leading it, Luke McCarthy leads, I should say, uh, then Morris Meskel on 50, 
And then on uh, 48, you have uh, Neil Williams. Uh, Duncan Williams tight, on isn't uh, 45. Yeah, it's going to be a good battle. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going back to the co-driver's uh, point of view. I think I'm reading this correct now, and I apologize if I'm getting something arseways, but uh, Brian will tell me straight away. Uh, Anthony Sullivan uh, appears to be uh, leading the way there. Uh, Guy McWilliams, second. Uh, Ashley Trimble, third. Uh, the WhatsApps are buzzing, though, after making an arsehole, I'd say. But uh, it is tight anyway, just, just to confirm. And I apologize again if I mix that up a little bit. Uh, the juniors, uh, Ryan McHugh, leading the way there on 58. And obviously, in the Tarmac Championship itself, uh, Josh Moffat has a lead of uh, it's a 79, 79 points he's on. Uh, Marion Evans, 52. Ali Fisher, Callan, uh, on 47. Callan Devine, 41. Now, obviously, there's a few bits and pieces to, to sort out throughout that as well. Brian Duggan is in touch with me. Have I read that out? No, spot on. Spot on, says he. Uh, who was I to doubt his Excel sheet? Uh, in fairness, no, no better vocal. But uh, yeah, some of, some of them are quite tricky to read with the drop rounds and all. It can get a little bit confusing. So uh, we want to say thanks to Brian for uh, for sorting us out with that. So basically, Anthony, long story short, uh, just by, by no means any kind of, uh, I suppose, clarity on any of this. Like this could change over the course of the weekend and with another round to come as well. And I believe Ulster has a few big names already after committing to that. So um, we have a nice bit of competing to do yet before we have a clearer picture, don't we? Yeah, the, the, the historic battle sounds fun. And that mm. would be Luke McCarthy's part of the world as well. Like So it'd be, it'd be nice. And we have a Morris Meskell, a Limerick man. So we have a Corkman and a Limerick. That's some All-Ireland final, all right, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Any other little takeaways before we uh, conclude this evening? No, I think so. No, that was it. Um, actually, one thing, one little thing. Historic score. Uh, Brian is just informing. I should have mentioned that because he said to him already. Historic score points on each day in Cork. Ah, split up yeah. the students. Your last was the one other little thing. I, I didn't even have this noted. Just uh, a little observation I've noticed. I did a, an event in Carlow with a, an old friend, Jim Harrison, who was giving me a shout out. Great character, back rallying after such a layoff. And I did the Clan Medal Rally. And I noticed during the event and this obviously is coming from i doubt it's the club it's it, it must be some i don't know i don't know where this is coming from but anyway the arrows they're using on the stages are only 50 percent of the size of arrows that would be normally used all i would say to you is we can't see them get rid of them put them in the bin i saw them i'd never seen them before um until i saw them in carlo i think and they weren't on all the stages which was like the, when you were approaching at high speed, that there was no arrow there. And the arrow, the yellow 100 meter arrow, is great to judge your breaking distance for the corner because that is specifically measured. So if you come in at an R5, well, you need to go in past that yellow arrow on full throttle if everything else is right, weather is right, and so on. So it's a great benchmark. But these were so small, you couldn't see them. They, they were literally, and I went, made a point of looking at them at one particular point that was safe to do so approaching. They were tiny. And I know it was other people had mentioned it and they said yeah we need to get on top of this and next thing i saw them again in clamel so all i'd be advising wherever they're coming from or who the hell ever owns them get rid of them because they are too small tiny little okay. things keep them for sheep racing up the mountain somewhere do what you like with them but mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of comments um a couple of comments coming in uh keep mcfadden said very good alan thank you and Ronan Comerford, of course, uh, you know, with the, with the academy, very much involved, uh, has said, eating light during an event with plenty of fluid, I find it works for me. Through the MI Rally Academy, I've learned this, and it helps for better performance. So there's a, a nice little indictment from Ronan. Um, yeah, a couple of little housekeeping things before we, we finish up. Um, I was doing a bit of homework, Anthony, um, over the last couple of days, just to see, 
where the podcast is at in terms of like analytics and different things like that. And it occurred to me that we're listened to in over 45 countries across the world, which I thought was phenomenal going. I was really, really pleased. To countries see that. or counties? Countries. Jesus, yeah, so there's not how you understand me. In... They don't understand me outside Limerick, and you're telling me there's someone from Australia listing or something. Well, do you know what? Not just it's Australia. Not. We had all kinds of uh, all kinds of places: Vietnam, Slovakia, the Maldives, Indonesia, Chile, Brazil, Hungary, South Africa, the Philippines, my, Egypt, South Korea, Japan, Paraguay. Mad, mad stuff, Ted. Mad stuff. Oh, from but, Russia, uh, no? uh, yeah, there was actually. Yeah, there was. So uh, no, wow. that's really cool, really cool to see, and obviously, obviously delighted with that as well. Um, just uh, before we finish up, Anthony, as well, I would be remiss yes. of us uh, not to pay a tribute to uh, Paddy Hopkirk and and the family. Uh, victory, of course, in the in the '64 Monte Carlo Rally, winning the Acropolis as well, and five-time Circuit of Ireland winner, uh, inducted into the uh, Rally Hall of Fame in 2010, and uh, an MVE in the 2016 New Year's Honours list. So I uh, would like to pay our respects there. Um, yes, actually, he was out, wasn't he out? As, um, and I, I correct someone, correct me quickly if I'm wrong. Was he not out in uh, the Duna Deja Vu above in Donegal Town? I'm pretty sure uh, a, couple, a couple of those Deja events, I'm fairly, fairly sure, yeah. I think, so, he was, I think um, Plum Tintel said he was a great supporter of that. Um, and I'm pretty sure I saw him at some of them. So I didn't know the chat person now, but everybody, I suppose, look, it's a great indictment of any person when nobody has a bad word to say about you and every seem everybody seemed to hold him in great respect um, um and he was held in high esteem everywhere so that's you know that's a good indictment of anybody it is indeed anthony uh, a pleasure to have you on and have a chat again this evening no bother, um, sure. we'll chat again next week when we're reviewing this week on. after the cut 20 yeah absolutely yeah. so until then mind right. yourself and uh, just to say thanks to Tree Rock, our sponsors, display signage Brandon to win us for the Tarmac Championship. If anyone did want to get in touch with us regarding sponsorship, you can just uh, drop us a line on Messenger, on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, where we are. Uh, you can also email us irishreallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, as you said, we're back again next Tuesday. We'll be reviewing all of this. Uh, plenty more to, to get through over the duration of the year. So we do have some exciting plans for, uh, for next year, which we're uh, looking forward to uh, getting through as well. And uh, yeah, just to say that if you are enjoying the coverage, if you appreciate what we do, you can support us for uh, the price of a coffee. There's a Buy Me Coffee link in the uh, description below, not compulsory. Um, and a few people actually have done that over the previous few episodes. And we just want to say thanks. That's that's much appreciated. And uh, yeah, until next time, our listeners, our viewers, our guests, thanks a million. And we look forward to chatting to you all again, as we said, next Tuesday. Best out to everyone in court this weekend. And until next week, take care.